At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. the nightcap and man this uh this set got a, got a lot bigger and uh it has nothing to do with me sean merriman in studio always a pleasure to have the former all pro hanging out with us and uh sean before we uh before we get into i just want to ask him how to get here i mean so if you guys don't follow sean e merriman on twitter and instagram he's one of my only friends i think he has a helicopter a private jet uh, what do they call those little clearances you can get when you go to the international airport? Clear. You don't have to wait in line. Clear. Yeah, well, we got all of them. We got all three of them. And a yacht. Because he's the only guy I know. I follow him on social media. He'll be walking in Manhattan, you know, with his little GQ outfit on on Monday. Tuesday, he'll be in San Diego signing autographs at the kids' shelter. Wednesday, he's in Vegas working out, you know, at his little gym. Thursday, he's somewhere in Florida. <laughs> I mean, I just print the itinerary for me one week. I just want to. I want to live vicariously through you. You know, I was making a joke about it. You know, tomorrow I'm out to San Fran, and that'll be my ninth flight. That'll be my ninth oh. flight for the month. Oh my god! It, it's normally not that bad, but we got some stuff coming up with lights out. So you know, I got to get on the plane and hit the road. But man, I told you, I, I woke up the other day. I didn't know which coast I was on. I didn't know. I didn't know where I was at. So I'm saying, I'm saying to myself, either Sean is doing like a photo dump from like the last decade, and like he has to have private travel. <laughs> man, welcome back. It's Thank good you. to see you as always. Let's do a little recap before we jump in to anything that's coming up. I have to pleasantly admit, I wagered on my first UFC event. Yeah. And thanks to one of our good friends that works here at the network, Dave Ross, he came in studio on Friday and he said that I'm, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Figueredo. Figueredo was a live dog. And then he said, Nganyu, if Got I'm it. saying yep. it right, yep. was a live Francis. dog. Yes. Yep. So I parlayed the two and they both won. They both hit. And right. And so now I'm hooked. Uh, look, this this thing is getting, first of all, he was good with, with Francis because okay. I for for one, he came in, I believe, as the underdog. Uh-huh. Yeah. And was, and the belt win. He was the belt owner. Yeah. And I you know, for me, being around the sport and knowing the sport, and when I seen that, I, I almost wanted to to bet on it. I'm like, I, people are crazy. This guy's gonna, you know, he's gonna win. Uh unfortunately he got that ACL and he gotta go back and get surgery. But um 
I'm glad you won for your first time because yeah. ain't gonna happen too many times you parlay like that, man. Right. That's what I'm saying. And, and I don't. normally don't bet combat sports because I'm an avid boxing fan. Like, right. grew up with Winky Wright, Tony O'Tarver, oh, Jeff yeah. Lacey. Hold on, I, I just gotta stop real quick. Iowa's down 12. Uh huh. And they just fouled. I mean, so Sean, what I did was I took Iowa in the second half. They were down 15, so okay. they were two and a half point favorite in the second half. Meaning, if they lose by 12, I win. And they just hit a three. They called timeout, and for some reason, they think they could still win with six seconds to go and just fouled Purdue. I, all right, back to you know, so no you, one really cares. No, you know, you know, oh, I told the people. Second half, I told, just hand that right over. I they told just, the people. Um, by the way, I hope you mushed yourself. By the way, that's what I hope. I hope so too. But, but anyway, like well, I was saying, yeah. when Farsaruli cut off for him to talk about an <laughs> Iowa game, that's uh, eleven seconds left. They missed. Oh, so you're still in the game. Yeah. You're still good. I hope so they right. get a steal and Purdue scores. Thank you. Appreciate that. Now you oh, got hey. this. Oh, yeah. There boom. Easy cover. There we go. Hey, there look, you, go. you were in you're panic safe. mode. I'm always ha- in panic ha- mode. Having said that, the one – and I, I was talking about not betting combat sports. The one thing that I do differentiate – I think differentiates the UFC, you get far less bad scorecards right. than you do in boxing. And one of the reasons I got away from wagering on boxing was because – the inconsistencies from a judging standpoint. So I was glad that both fights this past weekend, the judges, I thought, got it right. Well, you, for one, Dana ain't like that. Like, every time there's a bad ref or there's bad score, he'd be like, hey, get this guy out of here. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want that there. But you got to think, mo- most of the scorecards, especially when you're talking about the UFC and how they do it, it's pretty evenly matched. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't see anything where, like boxing, where you're like, hold on, that was a, <laughs> that was a 10-8 round, right? That right. Was, I mean, this guy got beat his 10 and so you try to figure it out. But with the UFC, they got it pretty dialed in, man, where every fight's competitive, unlike some, some of these boxing matches. Every fight's competitive. And the, the referees and scores, they know the scorekeepers got to be on top of their job. Because if not, you know, Uncle Dana get him up out of there. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that the transparency makes the fan feel like they're getting a legit product. Whereas in boxing, a lot of times I feel like, based on who the support system is, whether it be promoter, whether it be right. network, the, the fighter that's going to generate the most revenue moving forward has a huge advantage. Well, well, that's why there's kind of been more of a landslide and maybe boxing going down a little bit because the, the uneven or the unmatched fights and scorekeeping and some of the things that happen. And I think with, with MMA just in general, because it's still, if you look at it, it's still a new sport, right? right? I mean, I think MMA just got cleared to have fights in New York, you know, six, seven years ago. So when you look at it like that, it's still a new sport. The, the thing I like about UFC is that there's there feels to, and, and Sean, you're much more a boxing guy than I am, but it feels like there's this stigma. You get a loss, you're kind of like blacklisted. That's in, boxing. In, in boxing. Yeah, right. But in the UFC, it happens. Like Francis Ngannou thought of as, I think, what, the baddest man on the planet? Yep. He had three losses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was rare. He, You know, Ciro Gan was undefeated coming in, but it's rare that these guys are undefeated. It's kind of... It's kind of refreshing that you don't lose your luster. And, you know, to Dana's credit and to all these other, you know, you, you know, lights out as well. I mean, you get the best against the best. And that's what I think boxing misses often, more often than not. How, how long do we want Mayweather-Pacquiao in the heyday never could figure it out? And then they play when they're, wa- fighting and I, when they're washed up. And I think to, just to take that further, I think you get them in their prime. Right. I right. think where boxing misses the boat a lot of times is they always end up fighting – but it's years later. Like Amir Khan is fighting Kell Brook. That fight should have happened seven, eight years ago. Right. Right. Mayweather Pacquiao eventually happened. 
but it financially six, years it worked out. But we would have liked to see it, you know, you know, five, six years before. But switching gears just a little bit, because you, you do you're a combat sports guy now. But but you, you made your, your first couple nickels playing this great game called football. That's right. <laughs> what a divisional weekend! Tell me what surprised you the most. What was your biggest takeaway from the divisional weekend? For, you know, first and foremost, I, I think this is probably the best divisional weekend we've seen in a long time. Probably the last five or six years. Oh, it's right? unbelievable. Um, my, my former Bills, oh. that, that, was a, that was a shocker for me to see them lose. And I don't care what anybody say. Look, I, they can talk about all the defense should have played better. You can't win the game off a of coin toss. Right. I'm sorry. I, sorry you, I agree. You can't agree. win the game off a of coin toss in – the Kansas City fans who had a problem with it was the same people <laughs> yeah. petitioning for it in 2019. Right. Uh, you know, and Andy Reid came out and said the same thing. Andy Reid said, hey, you know, I-, I would like both offense and defense to have a shot at this thing. He said that, I think, a few days ago. And so when you look at it like that and you, under- and you know, it's hard to get in those positions. It's hard to get in those positions. You play 60 minutes of great football and it comes down to somebody winning a co- coin toss because that's what ended up, ended up happening. And it's just so frustrating. They almost got it right. Every I love everything they yeah. did about the new overtime rules. The only thing they got wrong was it shouldn't matter if the team that wins the toss scores a touchdown. The other team should automatically at least get one possession yep. to make the game continue further on. That was if they just make that a little adjustment, I think everybody would be cool. And I, I mean, and we talked about this on Monday. I mean. To be honest, I, I don't care if it's that in the regular season. I mean, but in the playoffs, we just can't have it. it it's too much on the line. Yeah, it just it can't happen that way. So I, I know it's impossible to figure out, impossible to please everybody. But man, real quickly, you play for the Bills, you play for the Chargers. Yeah. My goodness, your your past three couple of weeks have been have been tough. <laughs> you know, so like, <laughs> tough tough is an understatement. Yeah, jeez. You know, I, I was mean, at- the Bills fan. You know, I I I talk, I, I do something in Milwaukee every morning and. You know, I, I feel for the Packers fans, and they were doom and gloom. I'm like, you guys ain't Bills fans. They've never won it. They were there. Yeah. I mean, you're 13 seconds away from being the Super Bowl favorite. I mean, everybody's picking the Chiefs now to win the Super Bowl. If that is 36-33, everyone's picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Now, I didn't get upset because I didn't ask, but I'm going to ask now live on the show because he was at the Raiders-Chargers yeah. game oh, in a little oh, fancy little wind suite with oh, all the big-timers. Yeah. I mean, I would like to go next time. Just, just <laughs> put that out there. I, okay. I, I, it was just, I was sick. You know, for me, it, it was probably – I haven't been on a ride like that since Six Flags. <laughs> you know, right. you know. so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, I'm watching a game, and the first two quarters, they just – you know, Chargers getting beat flat out. They're not playing well. Uh, and then you see just the momentum started to change in the stadium. Now, you know, I thought initially there was going to be a lot of charge. It was a lot of Raiders fans. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of Raiders fans at the game. Uh, and I, I just do the Derek, Derek Carr was going to do something to give a, give the Chargers the ball back. Right? I mean, do do what Derek Carr does sometimes. And that game, those fourth downs that Justin Herbert was throwing for, you can hear a pin oh drop. You can hear everybody as loud as possible, a pin drop. Loud as possible, a pin drop. And it went back and forth. But that was probably one of the best games I've ever seen in person. Wow. And I think it's a testament to the Las Vegas community because I think they're learning how to be NFL fans. Right. Because it's still something new, and it's a nuance to it. You know, we talk about this when I talk about home field advantage. Mm -hmm. Kansas City has it. They know how to be – have an impact on the opposing team. They know when to get loud. I say one of the reasons that I don't think Dallas succeeds is because I don't think they have a smart fan base. 
In that game against Dallas, you that's not you a know, the home the Cowboys environment. Cowboys fans, you are across the yeah. line. They will find you and they will get <laughs> I'm you. I'm just saying. Like, San Francisco has the ball and it's quiet as a, a – I mean, we might have been in church having prayer. Like, yeah. they were so, like, emotionally distraught because there's so much negative energy from, like, the last, let's say, 60 years. <laughs> you know, yeah. they didn't know when to cheer. But, I mean, what what a round uh, in the divisional weekend. And we got to go to a break right here. Of course, we're going to keep you for yeah, an extra yeah, second. For sure. but, but I want to get your opinion on some of the defensive play calling that we saw at the end of some of these games. As yeah. a defensive guy, if, if you were in those situations, how would you react what, what, to some of the thoughts? That will be going through your mind. We have Sean Merriam here, lights out. You guys can check him out as UFC fighters, uh, fighters that have gone on to be at the UFC. Myself, Sean King, Tim Murray on the nightcap. We'll catch you on the other side of the break. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Like, how does that impact you when you're like, we're in what? Well, yeah. I mean, you're in those situations and you're trying to figure out why you're, why you're doing it at that time. I think that most people forget that you have a split second to make that decision. And whatever you calculate at that time, whether it's down the distance, how much time left, you have to formulate all this stuff in 30 seconds to make a decision. But that's why we practice in those situations, right? Every, every, and you know, every Friday you go over the drill, uh, short run or short pass, get out of bounds, uh, put, you know, put your feet on the uh, uh, first down and play everything in front of it. Right. Touch, play every, so you go over these things over and over again in practice. So it should be second nature. It looked like they didn't go over that situation in practice. I mean, because the call that was, that happened, you're trying to think why, you know, first of all, why are you, Playing with it, what is they zero? zero. They played zero. Yeah, six man pressure cover zero. You're playing six man pressure, and, and I'm thinking in his head, he's probably thinking we're going to get to him fast, and he's not going to have enough time throwing the ball. Everyone knows that when you play zero coverage or you have some kind of blitz package like that, you don't get to him. Somebody's open, right? You know, somebody's one on one, or somebody's completely open. Yeah, I was shocked, and Winfield wasn't really playing catch coverage. So normally, if you're playing cover zero. Granted, field position matters. This, especially in this situation, the guys would be off 15 yards, and they'd be like, "Okay, any kind of vertical release, I'm gonna get depth. I'm gonna make them throw the ball short. There's no way I'm gonna let him get on top of me." Right. In this situation, so I mean, so many things went bad. But even in the Bills game, you know, when the Bills had fourth and I think it was like 17, when uh, Gabriel Davis, Davis made the yeah. double move. Right. If you're Kansas City, how's the corner in a situation with no safety help? 
you know, so that if Gabe runs a great route, I mean, he'll butt naked in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was a heck of a move, too, <laughs> it though. It was. I mean, he, he, he gave <laughs> – yeah. Wasn't that his college teammate? You yeah, said? him and Mike Hughes. Oh, they, they ain't friends no more. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they ain't man. friends no more after that one. Oh. But you know, he he made a great move. But like you said, in in those situations, you start to think, okay, we practiced this before. We know what the down distance the situation is. Well, we got to stop them. And so you got to have some help over top in that situation. Right. And he was playing outside leverage, which I didn't understand. Right. Which is what made me like, either either they they didn't communicate. Because watch what happens to him. It's it's fourth and long. The corner's playing outside leverage only in a situation where he has help inside. So Mike Hughes was outside leverage in this situation, and on a double move, there was no one inside. And you're just looking at this as a former player, like, what is going on? Like, are y'all not practicing situational football? And the only reason I ask is because I wanted to get to this, because we have to decide this week, are we betting the Chiefs? I was betting the Bengals. Last time these two teams played, Joe Burrow threw for 400-plus and four touchdowns. The Chiefs' mistakes in the secondary versus Buffalo, are they fixable within a week? And how much of that was Honey Badger, who probably is the one that gets everybody lined up, not being available? How much did that contribute? I, I think by him not being there. You know, when you have guys like that that are so vocal, they become the coach on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always preach over and over again, if, if guys don't hear you, echo the call. So he's a guy to get everybody lined up and echo the call to make sure that DB is communicating with that DB so everybody's on the same page across the board. Now, on the flip side of that, you got some of these guys, your second string, your other guys have to step up in these situations. You know in the playoffs, AFC Championship games and these big times that you got some guys banged up, rolled an ankle, whatever it is, and they come in for a, a series, maybe two series. You got to step up and play. They can't be that big of a, a drop off to let that happen. Guys are going to go down. I'm curious your thought process as an edge rusher and a guy who made a living sacking quarterbacks. Joe Burrow was on his back nine times, yeah. Sean, and he kept getting up and making plays. As a you know, looking at uh, Jeffrey Simmons, for instance, who was just, I mean, Joe Burrow's got nightmares about that. What? What would be your mindset of, of Joe Burrow? What do you take away from Joe Burrow? Just getting smacked, but he kept getting right back up. You know, for one, he's tough. Yeah. I mean, he, he, that showed me a lot. He's tough. And normally, you know, if you win a turnover battle and you're getting five, six, seven, in their case, nine, nine. sacks, <laughs> you're not winning that game. Right. Nobody. Right. I mean, it's just it's just a fact of numbers. You're not going to win that game. And especially if you're getting hit, you know, sacked five, six times against KC, you know that some of those turnovers are end up going to end up being touchdowns because – Patrick Mahomes is going to put the ball in the end zone. So yeah, I'm looking at Joe, I'm looking at Joe Barrow, and I was a couple of times I thought he went down with an injury. I think that he had a, one or two big ones, and it almost looked like the injury he had when he tore his knee. I said, man, they got to fix this. Mm-hmm. Whether you got to you know keep guys to chip off the edge, fan protection, and slide protection, keep tight ends to hit the the linebackers and DNs on the way out before they go into their routes. You got to fix that because you cannot overcome that this game. You get sacked five-plus times against KC, you're going to lose, period. And, you know, when I was in Indy, Peyton used to always say, you know, Sean, sacks don't get you beat. Turnovers do. That game was a perfect example. Joe Burrow took nine right. sacks, didn't turn it over. Santa the other it. quarterback threw the ball to the other team. All three of those – two of the three I know resulted in points. So, you know, like you said, Mahomes probably not going to play a Ryan Tannehill caliber game. So. Yeah. But is Chris Jones in that defense in front – because I don't view them as pass rushers. I think Chris, at times, he has one double-digit season of sacks. But to me, he's more of an overall, all-around, solid 
you know, Pro Bowl caliber D lineman, but he's not a Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp type guy where anytime he's singled up, you know, it's trouble. Is Kansas City good enough on the defensive front to put that kind of pressure on well, Joe Burrow? They are to to a point. They they don't play upfield like you said. He's a, a run stopping. Okay, I'm athletic enough to transition into a pass rush. That's what Chris Jones is. But those kind of guys are scary when you got a Frank Clark mm-hmm. or some of these outside linebackers. Because I played with a guy by the name of Jamal Williams, right. who was a run stopper. But what he did on the pass rush for me is take up that center and guard. Or that center and tackle, just give them a little bit of noise while I go out in that one-on-one on the edge and look pretty, get my sack and dance, you know? Like, so, <laughs> you know, it, those guys are, are just as valuable. And we'll see if he can collapse the pocket enough where Joe Burrow can't step up and deliver a great pass. So what's your take? Kansas City favored by seven points. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, confidence matters. I tell, you know, our listeners, viewers all the time, since he's coming in, they just beat Kansas City. Yeah. They have no doubt in their mind that they can win outright, what's your take on the game? Patrick Mahomes too much? Yeah, I think he's he's too much for him. Um, look, since he did a hell of a job getting here, uh, especially on the off, with the offensive line that they've had, not just last game, but some of the problems they've had the entire season, having Joe Burrow having to run and get off the spot a whole lot. Uh, but I just think that experience matters in this case. And Patrick Mahomes, he's been here, what's it, third or fourth time? Fourth, yeah, fourth, uh, fourth, straight fourth year in the league, fourth, fourth AFC fourth championship time game. being here. Yep. And one of the things I said in the times that we didn't, in the great teams that we had, we got to the point where we didn't, we lost through experience. Mm-hmm. We lost through making penalties, mistakes. You know, these, you know, just guys not thinking at the time they're supposed to think because they've never been in this situation before. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and these guys, they've been down this, down this road way too many times. I just don't see Cincy marching in there and, and, and beating them. So in the NFC, we've got San Francisco and L.A. meeting again. Shanahan has owned Sean McVay six straight wins. They won in Week 18, down 17-0, came back to win that game. But yet the Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite here, Sean, which to me is is telling you something. Why hasn't that line budged? But just breaking down this game schematically from what you've seen these past these teams, how they played the past couple of weeks. What jumps out at you about 49ers Rams? Uh, well, first of all, the Rams are playing at home. Yep. And you know, they, uh, they uh, yeah, San Francisco travel and they they play well, but that momentum when the Rams are playing at home, they're they're a great team. Uh, Odell's going to have a good game. You know, Cooper Cup's going to have a good game. But I think the one person that we not we don't we don't give enough credit to is is Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Like when he gets to going. And he gets going downhill. Watch the offense, the offensive line, and, and the momentum and the attitude towards the rest of that team when they start to run and pounding the ball. When that happens, this game could get ugly. Now, I do think it's going to be a great two or three quarters of football. But if Cam Makers get going mm. and they can't stop him, San Francisco ain't got no shot towards the end of that game. So, as a, a teammate, when you have a guy like Cam that's talented, but has missed a lot of playing time, miraculously came back from an injury. I don't know how he came back. Yeah. And he has a game like he had in Tampa where he put the ball on the ground. What are you telling him this week? You know, first of all, we won. So, it's, it, your conversation is a little bit different. Right. Now, if that's a, a, a game where he fumbled and, you know, it's, the conversation is a little bit different. I think when you have somebody like that that, you know, plays with that much, he plays with a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that run that he had, even though, you know, people said he pointed and said uh, when he – the, right. the safety there with Arizona, that run was punishing. He put his shoulder down, and he ran right through him. Uh, so when you got a guy like that that plays with fire, and he makes a mistake in that situation, and you get to the next level in that game, and you win, 
you, you stay as positive as you possibly can with him because he's going to go out. He don't need any extra motivation because what happens with a lot of those guys, especially the fiery, fiery ones that go out there and yeah. want to run, they go out and fumble again. Yeah. That's Sean Merriman, multiple-time All-Pro. Lights out. With us. It is the Nightcap on VEASAN. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Always great. Have yeah, Sean man. Merriman stop by studio. Not yeah, too bad. Absolutely. He's doing some big stuff too, He's man. He's been three three Pro Bowls, three-time yeah. All-Pro. Got his own uh, combat sports company, Lights Out yep. Entertainment. They actually put on. Um, I need to see one of their fights. I feel bad when I say UFC type events. like MMA. The, MMA, right. Yeah. It's Mixed Martial Arts. That's right. what it stands for? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's like, uh, it's like. by the way, San Francisco's missed like seven straight free throws. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares about you. Uh, have, have, did seen, you know that Francis Ngannou tore his ACL? Uh, yeah, they talked about it. Oh, on, I didn't know uh, that. Broadcast. I yeah. wonder when he did it. Uh, I think he was kind of banged up. Yeah, he was hurt before the fight. I was watching. Oh, so he fought with the partially torn ACL? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I should have got double what I got. I, uh, I was watching some of uh, the UFC put out highlights in like super slow-mo of the Figueredo fight and the Nganu gone fight and wa- watching in slow motion Francis Nganu pick up Serial gone oh yeah and slam him on the ground two dudes who weigh north of 260 it it's one of the most athletic things I've ever seen Gagne will learn so much from that fight yeah this is the first time where he was forced, in my opinion, to have to make some in-fight adjustments. Because you can tell, no part of him thought that Francis would be willing to take the fight to the mat. Yeah. And when he got the big fella on him, when 260 get on you, that's for all you people that like to go out in public and spout off at the mouth. You know, when, when 260 get on you like that, it's, uh, it's tough to get it off. If you're, if you're spouting off at the mouth of Francis Ngannou, he's going to take his right fist first, and that's going to... That's going to do its damage, Those long arms. (laughs) I mean, that dude, I mean, I I call every, uh, you know, NBA basketball player, I think they are not from the universe. I mean, they're 6'9", 250 pounds, fast, quick. I'm like, that's not human. And Francis Ngannou's not human. So so a good friend of mine is is boxing Mm -hmm. here in Vegas next Saturday. Uh, Keith Thurman is in town to fight Mario Barrios. I think Leo Santa Cruz is on the undercard, so uh, nice. we'll see. Maybe we might. You love some sweet science. Oh, yeah, I love boxing. Yeah. I you ever got in the ring? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so we used to have this deal when I grew up. Like, if we ever had issues between, like, the crew, we went to the boxing gym. <laughs> For real, because, you know, Winky is part owner of St. Pete Boxing Club. Okay. So, like. 
that's how we would settle our differences. And then whatever happened, happened, and we would move on from it when we walked out of the gym. But, yeah, man, you're talking about if you're not in shape, you can't fight. Oh, it is one of – I've, I've, never, I've never been in a ring, yeah. thankfully. I'm talking uh, – you're talking about – Think you can't breathe? You think you're swinging your arms for three minutes and dancing around? I mean, you have to be have so much. And think of somebody endurance. hitting you in your nose right. while you're tired like that. <laughs> <laughs> or worse in the stomach. <laughs> oh man, but great stuff from Sean Merriman. What was interesting to hear him say that he thinks not only the Rams will win, but he thinks that it it could they could pull away. Which I found surprising. I think you. I'm leaning disagree. that way. I'm leaning that way too. But yeah. you disagree. Well, Brad definitely disagrees. Brad Evans, because he is not high and not expecting much from Cam Akers. Sean seemed to believe that he he thinks Cam Akers could have a big game. So I have to think back to what Cam Akers was before he came back from before he got injured. Right. He was viewed as one of the guys on the come. Oh yeah. You know, this is going to be his breakout season. And you remember, he got off to a slow start in his rookie year right. and then took off at the end of the season. So fast forward to now. I don't take away from – no one runs the ball on Tampa. Tampa's got one of the best run defenses in the NFL. You know, they've done that all year. They have two linebackers that play sideline to sideline. They have big, strong D-linemen in the middle, uh, Dominican Sue and Vita Vea. They have Pro Bowl caliber guys on the end, Shaq Barrett, JP. No one runs the ball on them. No one really runs the ball in San Francisco That's what I was going to say, though. And my fear and why one of the reasons why I'm kind of still not all the way I'm taking the Rams is if the Rams get the lead, can they produce first downs running the ball and not end up like San Francisco versus Dallas or Rams versus the Niners the first time, you know, where you have a lead and then all of a sudden the other team's got the ball with a chance to tie the game or win the game late. You know, the one thing – Thinking back to Tampa and San Francisco, sorry, Tampa and LA, I beg your pardon, is it was 27 to 3. Mm-hmm. Now it became 27 27. So you went up and you also blew that lead and you blew the lead against. San I think Francisco. I saw something where the Rams went fumble, punt, fumble, fumble, punt. Right. And I think if you remember back, right, it was what Cooper Cup fumbled, mm-hmm. they had the snap. Uh, Cam Akers with the with the brutal fumble there up twenty seven to seven. He fumbled twice. Yeah, yeah. So that's not going to happen again, right? They lost the turnover battle on the road at Tampa, Sean, still and won. still found a way to beat yeah. Tom Brady and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, look, I, I, I they were shorthanded. They didn't have. I mean, obviously, they didn't have Antonio Brown. They didn't have Chris Godwin. I I totally res, uh, recognize that, but I mean that. Defense, which Bruce Arians was pretty fired up about. They had it full strength for the first time all year in the wild card weekend, and they looked great against Philadelphia. I mean, they they allowed 30 points, and the other team gave them the ball four times. Well, again, the game's going to look different, though, because for sure. unlike Tampa, San Francisco's going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. It won't be a situation where Tampa, I think, had 10 rushing attempts. Like, San Francisco probably had 10 rushing attempts on the first two series. So, from a D-line standpoint, that's a completely different mindset than you're playing Brady. You know they're trying to throw the ball. You have two tackles that are, you know, one of them's not very good. The other one's playing like he's not very good. You know, so the the dynamics of the game are different. But, again, like I said, 
And and here's kind of why I'm leaning towards the Rams. They were up 17-0 in the final week of the season. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a scenario where that's not capable of happening again. Same thing with Kansas City, who was up 14-0. Like, I just think both teams, both favorites, have the ability to impose their will on the the underdogs in this situation. You had questions, and I, I think rightfully so, about Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And I think more so it's from the fact that there was kind of an anointing of Matthew Stafford when he got traded there. From what you've seen now in the couple of playoff games, does he make you worried at all? No, I I think he's passed the part of me worrying about him as far as him losing the game. I think he's proven that on this platform when it's surrounded. Because he did lead the league in pick sixes this year. But in the postseason. We're just talking postseason. He's shown me that he's capable of managing the game. The, the thing that always worries me about a guy like, not, like Stafford is if you can get a pass rush on him, he's not a guy that's going to beat you with his legs. So that makes him one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to escape the pocket and run for three first downs and extend drives over the course again. It just it historically has not happened to him. And secondly, so much, in my opinion, of his productivity is based on play action, double move, fancy concepts where they're really pushing the ball down the field. So if in this game, instead of going four for eight on those plays, they go two for eight, you know, just you're trying to balance. Because like a guy like Mahomes can have a bad quarter throwing the ball and still be effective because he can scramble. Same thing with a Josh Allen. You know, Joe, Joe Burrow has done such a great job of not forcing the ball, of checking the ball down on first down, getting to second and six, checking it down on second down, you know, getting to third and one. Like, he's shown a lot more constraint, I think, at times than Matthew has. But give Matthew credit. When they really needed him in the Bucks game, he came through. I mean, recognizing that Tampa was in cover zero, understanding there was an unblocked guy, although I'm not really sure what Murphy Button was doing. He blitzed, like, kind of late for the situation. Uh, and then not overthrowing the ball. How many times since I told you 100% of the deep balls are that yeah. are overthrown or thrown on the ball? How, do you not see that happen all the time? All now? the time. So having the composure to put that ball right on the money, that, that showed me something. By the way, let's go Golden State. They're up four in the third quarter. Can we, can we separate a little bit? Close out your money line parlay. We got the number two team in the country. Hey, now. Uh, Excuse me. Number two team in the country, Gonzaga, getting off to a bit of a sluggish start. They were laying 28 and a half tonight against Loyola Marymount at home. I mean, look, they'll win this game and they'll win this game by 20 some odd. But do they cover? They're only up nine right now against Loyola Marymount. Six minutes to go in the first half. And then San Francisco's trying to lose this game. <laughs> up 20, up 17 at the half. No, five points. What are they favored by two and a half? Come on, Dons. Down to the wire. Come on. No such thing as a rocking chair when it's the night sweats. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Some referee talk on the other side right here on the Nightcap.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the Nightcap here on VSIN, and folks, it's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs and then on championship weekend we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com leading up to the sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year of course so make your plans to join the vcin betting experts before during and after the action here on vcin.com. We'll go behind the counter top of the hour Dwayne Colucci from Rampart Casino, he will join us and uh, give us the latest action from what he is seeing uh, there behind the counter. Um, I got to get over to Rampart. I haven't been over there yet. It's a nice place. Yeah. There's a lot of places in town. We got to get to a lot of places, you know. Um, There's a lot going on next week. Man, East-West Shrine Game is in town. On the Thursday. Pro Bowl Pro Bowl's is in on town. Sunday. Uh, and the NHL All-Star Game. Wow. And next Saturday is Keith Thurman, Mario Barrios, the fight. There you go. Where's that game fight being? I think it's MGM. Okay. God, it's a lot going on. And think about how many of the fan bases, whether it be Kansas City, Cincinnati, especially those two, on your way out to the Super Bowl, er, stop here in Las Vegas for a couple days and, and have a good old time before making that drive to L.A. or quick flight over to L.A. So I got to find out who else is playing in the Pro Bowl. Because I saw Lamar Jackson and I think Josh, Josh Allen. out. Yeah, I got I got I mean, eventually. See updated list. At some point, Taylor Heineke's going to be taking snaps in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, they probably should just do it via Zoom. <laughs> I did see a uh, an aerial shot. Was it an aerial shot or one of those, um, you know, pictures of just overtime, uh, time lapse. There we go. Couldn't get it through the dome here. Of the baseball stadium in town being transformed into a football field because they're going to have some you know, activities over there. Yeah, I saw it. Pretty cool. Is that is that where it was, the baseball stadium? So that's over here by Allegiant somewhere, right? Uh, the baseball stadium's in Summerlin. Summerlin, okay. Because yeah. initially I thought that that was Sam Boyd, but I was like, no, nah, they wouldn't go down there. No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a busy, busy week. NHL All-Star Game, the skills competition. So a lot going on. They should have kept the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. They kind of uh, they kind of screwed it up 
You know what's funny? I was talking to because guys used to use it as vacation. They bring the families. Like if uh, you were a quarterback, you might bring your, your O linemen or your receivers. Right. You know, it was kind of like an end of the year kind of you know vacation reward. You know, for your teammates kind of deal. So I was talking to a couple years ago, Mike Adams, former safety, Broncos, Colts, mm-hmm. and he made the Pro Bowl, and it was in Orlando. And I asked him, I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. It's in Orlando. He said, for him, as a veteran with young kids, he said Orlando's tremendous because they got Disney World there. He said Hawaii was a pain in the butt for older guys. But for younger guys, I would imagine with no kids, yeah, Hawaii, was Hawaii pain- is the place Hawaii to be. was a pain in the butt till you got there. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's not a lack of things to do from a family standpoint in Hawaii. Oh, I mean, I, I would much rather be – there's no knock on Orlando, but I would much rather be in Honolulu than in, in Orlando, Florida. We got to get the Warriors home. They're, they're looking good. think they're finally creating a little margin. But, I mean, this Timberwolves team is playing well. I, I, you made that look. Did something bad happen? Yeah. What happened? Uh, San Francisco is now only up one. They were up 23. Yeah, they were. They were up 23. Wow. And 17 at halftime. And at home, they have figured out a way to completely squander this lead away and a missed three. And now they could be trailing on this possession. Imagine that. 17-point lead at halftime, ladies and gentlemen. And St. Mary's now has the ball to take the lead against San Francisco. This is spectacularly awesome. Come on. And there it is. Yep. Lead gone. Bye-bye. St. Mary's has the lead. Well, how much time's left? 220. 9-0 run for St. Mary's. This is fun. Hey, there we go. Big three. Big three. All right. Take my mind off. So you guys that are listening on your radios currently. Hey, I told you. Tim has his laptop up. This game is on a channel that the sports book doesn't even have access to. And he's watching on like a two-inch by two-inch screen. He's squinting as he watches San Francisco versus who are they playing? St. Mary's. Oh, my gosh. This is a big game. Both of these are tournament teams right now. Yeah. Four teams aren't making it from that conference. I'm just telling you right now, if you look at Cigar bet? Bracket, no. I'm saying as of right now. No, I'm saying moving forward. Will four teams from that conference make the tournament? No, because they'll eat up each other. Okay. There'll be three. We don't have any cigar bets. I know. Any fresh ones. I mean, I have some that are going to put me back in the lead. You're losing right now. I think I'm down one. No, because of the Rutgers one. I thought that made me go back up, too. I should have made you. I should have cigar bet you on Davidson VCU. because You would have definitely taken no. a bait on that one. No. Absolutely. No. Why not? You were you were peacocking on, about Davidson before I even I had. know where all Virginia Commonwealth kids come from. I know where majority of Davidson kids come from. That's that's why I bet it. Yeah, it's going to be a 50-50 type game. One, right. one team's strength against the other one's strength. By the way, I just looked up. Gonzaga is now up 18. Yeah. So if you had a Loyola Marymount ticket, uh, that might not last too long. Uh, I am curious your thoughts on this. Uh, Wes Reynolds put together a compilation of stats for the referees for the championship crew. As a player, did you know who the refs were and who had a propensity of more defensive pass interference, holding, things like that? Did, would that cross your mind at all? So you have to understand, I came into the National Football League in 99. At the time, you couldn't text from your cell phone. 
You had a cell phone on your hip. You had a two-way pager on your hip. So words like analytics, preference, you know, those kind of words were not like common knowledge back then. I'm sure there probably was someone in the organization from a coaching standpoint that, that may have been aware, you know, but it was never something that was communicated to us as players. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know the name of the refs when I played. Like it's just the world was different, you know. The access to information, it was much, you know, more difficult, you know, to get that. I would communicate and talk to them. I knew them by faces, but mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know like, ooh, I got to be careful because you know they like to call offensive pass interference or, you know. But again, there was no such thing as targeting. You know, they weren't you weren't getting personal fouls. There was nothing, you know, remotely close to a defensive lineman getting called for hands to the head of the quarterback. Like they were trying to slap you. Like, so it's just, it was a different game. And by that, look, I think something happened that. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. We're down three. They're going to lose. Well, I'm up 14 if that makes you feel better. It doesn't. It does not. It makes you feel worse. Why? I mean, we're, you're, up, you're up 23 at home, and you're going to blow this game. This is spectacular. Well, I'm not oh. counting. My chicken's over here. I mean, just like your team was up, and, and they're down. I'm just glad I'd rather be up 14 than down 14 with the Warriors, and I have them on the money line. Apparently being To down. close out a great 14 parlay today that I, for those of you that watch the show or just starting to watch the show, we generally try and incorporate some kind of hockey-centric, you know, parlay during the week daily. I'm called Puckstradamus. That's my alter ego. Tonight, it was only two NBA games. I saw a great opportunity to money line the 76ers and Warriors and add them to my Florida Panthers puck line, which the Panthers won 4-1, to one, and the over in the Anaheim Ducks game. It sat at 5.5. The game finished 5-4. That's nine total goals, so it flew over. So now we just need the Golden State Warriors to not lose the fourth period by 15 points. They just showed a kid on the broadcast kind of just USF. grumpy face there. It's the Bulls. No, that's USF. The Dons. That's the team I'm watching. That's you copyright know. infringement. Young man. Yes. San Francisco won a championship when we weren't on this earth. Isn't that where Bill, Bill Russell was? Bill Russell was out there winning titles before USF. Maybe they thought I was going to be the next Bill Russell. Before USF, the team that you coached for even existed. Hey, maybe they thought I was going to be the next Bill Russell. I know. They wanted you to go out there and uh, play, some, uh, play some, some hoops there. Mike Pereira, by the way. Pretty excited about this. How about this? Mike Pereira going to be on our VEASAN Super Bowl broadcast. We're going to have the expertise of Mike Pereira on our broadcast, the referee, Hold former on. referee. VEASAN's doing a Super Bowl broadcast? Well, yeah. We're going to be on the air. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Betcast. I thought you meant, okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant, like, calling the actual game. No. Oh. We'll be doing a BetCast. Oh, great. Oh, I was about to send out some emails. <laughs> I was going to win like a baby. Oh, this is this is so awful. Can't believe this. Um, so the the stats we just had up there. Bill Vinovich will be on the AFC Championship. Carl Cheffers on the oh NFC God. Championship. The guy better college basketball game between someone named San Francisco and St. Mary's. They're both in the field of 68, Sean. Just because you don't like college basketball. Cigar butt. Right now. Drive me crazy. Dwayne Coluccio up next. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>